You're listening to Radio MD. She's a chiropractic holistic physician, best-selling author, international speaker, entrepreneur, and talk show host. She's Dr. Suzanne Bennett. It's time now for Wellness for Life Radio. Here's Dr. Suzanne. Are you suffering from aches and pains, headaches, skin problems, irritable bowel symptoms, or have heart disease, diabetes, or overweight? You're just trying to strive to keep yourself healthy. Then the one single thing you should be paying attention to more than anything else is inflammation. The reason inflammation is so critical is that it's been found to be the top dog in, in almost every chronic disease. And if it hasn't been shown to be associated with a chronic disease, it's probably just because no one has actually looked for it. Today, we have Dr. Mark Engelman, founder and president of the Engelman Health Institute and the clinical consultant for Cyrix Laboratories. We are going to go into a deep dive in how we can modify our foods we eat to mitigate inflammation so you can start feeling better quickly. Welcome, Dr. Engelman. Good to have you back on Wellness for Life. Thank you. Happy to be here. Now, I understand that it's your birthday today. Is that correct? <laughs> It is my birthday today. Well, I'm so, so celebrating you. Thanks so much for being here on such a special day. What a great occasion for you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm uh, excited and happy to be alive. Of course, we all are. We all are. And today we're going to be talking about inflammation. You know so much about that. And what I'd like to know is, you know, we want to go into like food. What what type of foods cause inflammation? And what are the, I'd like to ask you what the primary signs to look out for when you're looking at your diet. You know, what type of food is really fueling inflammation in your body? Well, the, the, they, they are the foods that become know that are inflammatory and I would say if somebody wanted to uh, live by a general rule it uh, you know, whole foods are as a rule not inflammatory um, and uh, gluten can be that's one of the foods that can be but fruits and vegetables and um, you know more natural things uh, foods that are processed foods are are definitely the most inflammatory. And different foods can be inflammatory for different people. Some people react to gluten and, you know, and in, in best of circumstances, gluten is inflammatory. In worst of circumstances, it, you know, can cause things like celiac disease and so forth. So it depends on the person. That's why it's probably best to get tested. Um, but processed foods and um, Lots of red meat and uh, and foods that are um, not organic, you know, not free range and have um, pesticides and insecticides. And also, believe it or not, some foods that are cooked at super high temperatures are also dangerous. Like, uh, oh, cooking your meat at, at super high when you char foods, they have a tendency to form almost crackling things like if you put a piece of pineapple on top of a grill and see that charred material that's what happens inside of us uh, when we have extra sugar and it gets together with protein so that's not a good thing to do and those those are the sorts of things I would say Mm. In my sec, uh, my in my first book the seven day algae makeover I go into specific foods that 
definitely cause inflammatory reactions and allergic reactions. I shouldn't say allergic as in like IgE reactions, but inflammatory. And that ends up being um, just what you talked about. Uh, the, the grains, I, I'm talking about the gluten grains, wheat, rye, barley, oat, camut, and even spelt, things like that. Dairy products can cause inflammatory because dairy is a sugar, lactose can is a, f a food that's difficult for us to digest. So we have lactose intolerance, which irritate our gut and it, it does feed the bacteria in our gut which can also cause inflammation sugar of course can definitely do that and again that can be um part of uh inflammatory as you talked about you know when you have pineapple high, sugar, even, high salt also and salt right and i find that alcohol is super inflammatory alcohol is super inflammatory because it not only is it a mycotoxin and it can cause um uh irritations and inflammations and, and deteriorate the microbiome, uh, the actual barrier, the actual mucosal barrier, uh, and cause permeability issues. But of course, because it is mycotoxic, then it has an ill effect on your liver. So these are inflammatory foods. And, and then, of course, the foods that I find that are, um, as you just said, which are the opposite, you know, that are good for you, are the unadulterated, pesticide-free, organic, uh, ones that are high in nutrients like like um, flavonoids and phyto, phytochemicals, vitamin C, all of that is going to reduce inflammation in the body. You know, so, it's, inter it's, inter it's interesting. I do c consultations for Cyrex, and so I have a lot, you know, I when the tests come back, um, some of the uh, practitioners aren't exactly sure what to do with the results. And one I had yesterday was someone who um, eats two, three handfuls of kale, uh, organic kale, every morning in his smoothie. And he got tested for, that happened to get tested for thallium, and also he had some thyroid difficulties. And it turns out that kale can be a goitrogen that, that doesn't allow iodine to be um, incorporated into um, thyroid, and also it's, it 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 can stop uh, T4 from being converted to T3, which is the active thyroid. But the point is that here's someone who's fastidious about how he does things. And, and, and the practitioner told me about this particular person and how careful, you know, how, how obsessed with his health he is. And he's convinced that eating three handfuls of raw kale, you know, when he had leaky gut, by the way, also. And so the so I started looking up, you know, raw kale, and sure enough, thallium can be associated with it. And you even absorb more from the from the soil if it's organic than not, and it's difficult to digest. So does that mean you should never eat kale or you should never eat raw kale? No, what it means is that you should rotate your diet. And, and it really came home to me of eating the same exact thing every single day is not good for you. I don't care what it is you're eating. You've got to rotate your diet. Well said. I, I love variety because variety, you've got to, you got to understand that what you're also feeding is this diversity of bacteria and microbiome. And 
they need different types of food, different types of food. It's a big um, deal. That microbiome is, you know, slowly but surely, first of all, it's being elucidated in a much more specific fashion that what what what's good for yours, you know, genetics and microbiology, what's good for you in terms of what whatever bacteria and things you have in your gut may not be good for me and vice versa, but certainly that microbiome has a huge amount of impact on everything from probably dementia to autoimmune disease to cardiovascular disease. And the standard joke is who's living on who? <laughs> That's right. That's right. I mean, you know, I look at that microbiome like your own fingerprint, meaning there's no one like you. That microbiome is is just yours. And, and we Correct. all have our own idiosyncrasies, our own genetic factors, our own microbiome that we need to feed. And I'm a big believer in fermented foods. I love kimchi because kimchi is definitely the science in kimchi, uh, Dr. Engelman. Kimchiology is ridiculous. I can't tell you if you've ever even looked in on it. It's so exciting. My book, The Kimchi Diet, is coming out uh, this month. And no kidding. It, yeah, exactly. And I talk a lot about how kimchi, even though in kimchi there's only three bacteria that are the main main um, uh Genuses, which is the Leuconostog, Wysela, and the Lactobacillus. Only those are the main ones. Although you might have 900 different species, but mm -hmm. those are the main ones. But when you eat fermented kimchi or fermented food like kimchi that have that kind of bacteria and have even the metabolites from it, as you would, then your microbiome diversity changes. Not because you're going to be having more of the Leuconostoc going in or the Wysela. No, it's literally the colonies all shift. It's so crazy. Yeah, no, it's an active, it's an active process. So, are you a believer in natural foods for the biofilm or for big doses of probiotics? You know, I'm actually a big, big believer in food, using food as medicine. Me too. Yeah, great. We're on the right track because if you eat the right foods, just like what your test will show in Cyrex, what your foods really love and thrive from, that's how you're going to build your microbiome. Yep, I, I, I agree. I agree. And, uh, uh, you know, in your Cyrex, um, there's an Array 10, right? Do you guys at all test out, test out uh, fermented food like kimchi or sauerkraut? Curious. We, we don't do... Uh, we don't do kimchi. We do cabbage and cooked cabbage and so forth. We don't do kimchi or or, or sauerkraut. But um, we do some, you know, fermented foods like we'll do um, uh, vinegar, you know, apple cider. So And some people do well with apple cider and some people don't. I mean, some people make antibodies. They don't make antibodies against apples but they make antibodies against apple cider. And so, some people, you know, one of the tests that we do, it's not on that test, but it shows up on that test, is on the test that looks for cross-reactive foods that may be cross-reactive with a gluten, you know, gliadins and so forth, that foods that sort of look like uh, gluten. So if you're making antibodies to one, you might make antibodies to the other, but one of those is, 
yeast, Saccharomyces cerevisiae, which is baker's yeast and brewer's yeast, and um, which actually looks a lot like candida. So, um, but I have that. You know, I don't have anything else. I got tested. I don't have anything else. But I do have antibodies to baker's and brewer's yeast. So I don't rarely eat, you know, bread that rises and so forth and so on. And I don't eat much gluten anyhow. But um, but you'll find, like, on Array 10, if you order Array 10, which is 180 foods, raw, cooked, combined, and a perfect example is it tests for grapes and then it tests for red and white wine. And um, some people will come back and they won't have any problem with grapes, but they light up red and white wine, and the chances are 99%. That's from brewer's yeast, right? Right. Such a great point. So that's a combined, so there's a a combined food, or, you know, you might um, have not have a problem with cucumbers, raw cucumbers, or dill, but when you combine them with make dill pickles, some people react to the, the dill pickles where they won't react to cucumber and they won't react to, to dill. So that's why Array 10 is, I, I love Array 10, it's great for that. Nobody tests for those things. Can I? Yeah, that's right. I mean, can you just give us a quick uh, explanation of the difference between your testing, the Array 10, and some of the other laboratory tests that are out there uh, that also do food analysis or food allergy testing or food immune response testing? What's the actual difference? Not only is it that you are doing cooked foods and raw foods, but what else? Well, we do. We do cooked foods and raw foods, we do combined foods, you know, like uh, what I just talked about. Um, popcorn is a good example where you got corn, you got oil, and then you pop, and then you put them together and pop them. And a lot of people are not, don't make antibodies to corn or the oil, but they make antibodies to popcorn. So when we've established something's not supposed to be there, one of the pathways is to become inflamed. So, you know, it's like a question I always ask, is inflammation a good thing or a bad thing? All depends, right? Absolutely. You know, I mean, heck, if you bang up your knee because you've you've injured it from a, a sports injury, inflammation is super important to be able to heal it Absolutely. up quickly. But not chronic inflammation. And if you've That's got what an you're, infection, you're addressing. You know, an infection, you want, you have to have inflammation. That's what, that's the mechanism you use, including free radicals, which everybody hates and they're horrible and everything else. It's free radicals we use to kill bacteria that we eat, that we ingest. And so, um, so it's not, it's like every, it's the yin and yang of everything, you know, and you've done this long enough and I've done this long enough to know that, you know, there's a good side and a bad side to most things, and you have to be smart enough to understand how they work. But there are people who do what we do who have just enough knowledge to be dangerous, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and so yes. everything, you know, you raise the subject of something, and nope, horrible, absolutely horrible. And, you know, or wonderful, greatest thing, you know, uh, Kale, you should eat kale. In fact, you should eat 40 pounds of kale a day because it's 
scale. And it's not the way things work. we got to look at personalized medicine, doctor, don't we? Everyone has got to personalize it to themselves. And even within a family and children, some kids won't be able to eat what you eat parents, right? So got to be, yep. got to check that out. How can we find out more about uh, your, your, this array 10 to see if we can get these um, allergenic testing done, food sensitivity testing done? So you go on Cyrex, uh, let's see. Join, Join Cyrex, Cyrex, is right? There you go. Yeah. Join Cyrex.com. Join Cyrex.com. And that's J O I N. Here's everything from the latest. Yeah, and their latest one is um, the one that I like is that they have a one on pathogens now because I'm convinced that pathogens, which are you know bacteria and parasites and viruses, are 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 the most common cause of autoimmune disease. Foods are there. Chemicals are there, leaky guts there, they're all important, but pathogens are definitely there. And we have the only good pathogen uh, panel out there with a test for 30, essentially 30 pathogens, everything from Epstein-Barr to Lyme disease to molds to oral pathogens. So Array 10 is amazing for food, as are some of the other ones. And there's one for tissues to see if you have autoimmune antibodies. And then they have chemicals, which is array 11, and then a bunch of other ones. But those are the, but 10 is the huge one that has different kinds of foods, combined foods, and also tests for things like gums, you know, um, gums, dietary gums with the xanthan gums and all the other ones that are potentially also autoimmune producing. I'm really glad that you guys are coming out with that test with pathogens. About 20, about, about 20 years ago was when I started doing a lot of testing on uh, on viruses, and particularly Epstein-Barr virus and herpes 6 virus, and I found them yep. very closely related to thyroid. You know, a lot of my thyroid cases back then. So I was linking it two together, the thyroid diseases with Epstein-Barr, and then the herpes 6, because I saw a great deal also of neurological diseases such as multiple sclerosis, and I, I linked that yep. up back then too, and now it's totally coming out, and I am just so excited. You, you're going to have to come back and talk to me about those that pathogenic um, testing uh, to see if there's an, um, you know, molecular mimicry. This is called molecular mimicry or pathogenic mimicry, and that our body yep. is, is attacking our own tissues, causing the autoimmune reaction, not because it just wants to kill our own cells. It's actually looking at that, that it's trying to find the bug that you, are, are, you have in your body, but instead it actually um, attacks your own cells because it looks similar to the bug. Yeah, I call them, them non-Harvard graduates. <laughs> So some people, you know, that have a lot of autoimmune disease in their family have a tendency to have antibodies and an immune system that is not great at distinguishing one thing from another. So they go after what they are supposed to go after, but they go, gee, that looks a lot, Joe looks a lot like Fred. I think I'll just call Fred Joe. And that's what happens. That's and right. So that's right. They have propensity, but then then they have the, 
you know, the epigenetic stuff of how they live, how much they, all the stuff you talk about on your show and write about. Thank you. Thank you. Join Cyrex.com. And that's where you're going to find a lot more about these, this test, Array 10, to see what your foods, if you have food sensitivities, whether it's from cooked foods or not cooked foods, and so much there. And the Cyrex, when you, when you spell it out, it's C-Y-R-E-X. This information will be on the radio page for you. That was great information. Thanks so much, Dr. Engelman. And if you learned something here and it's been such a great, valuable information, do share the show with your loved ones. I know it can change their life for, for the better. And if this is your first time listening in, make sure to subscribe so I can continue to serve you the most current natural health information available today. Also connect with me on Instagram at Dr. Suzanne. I post regularly on how to become the best version of yourself through nutrition, self-care, lifestyle, and eating kimchi. And what's great is that you get to engage with me directly. I will respond to all of your comments personally. If you need help in digging deeper with your health issues, I work with people globally through phone and Skype consultations. You can get my contact info on my uh, on my drsuzanne.com website. Until next time, go out there and live your best life today, full of energy, enthusiasm, and ultimate health and wellness. This is Dr. Suzanne sharing natural strategies on the Wellness for Life show right here on Radio MD. Stay well. Thank you.